0: Hey everyone hey internet welcome to another episode of acto today our guest is roberto machado he's the co-founder of subvisual and today we are lucky to get to know him and know a bit more about his story welcome roberto
1: thank you so much thank you for inviting me it's a pleasure to be here with you too
0: thank you no, thank <laughs> so you. let's yeah. start with the first question tell us a bit about uh, yourself Tell us your journey.
1: Okay. Thank you. I'll try. Uh, so um, I'm the CEO of Subvisual, a company that uh, helps create other companies. Um, we started this company 10 years ago when I was finishing my master's degree uh, at college. Uh, and through that company, we have been involved in several projects. In the past years, we I was the co-founder of Utrust a cryptocurrency payment system um, that started in 2017 um, and recently was sold to Alram Network. Uh, I also was a co-founder at Desipad uh, that we started last year and lately also highly involved with Lightshift Capital, uh, an early stage crypto fund uh, that was started uh, also in the, in the last year. Um, I've been doing a lot more stuff, uh, but that's that's me in a nutshell. I also love doing product management. I consider myself a product guy, um, and um, just to wrap up, also enjoy a lot starting new uh, teams and helping them grow. That's that's my that's my thing.
0: I will need to grab. That transition from college to immediately start your own company—how <laughs> did that happen? How did the idea grow inside your head?
1: Yeah, uh, it's not—it's not the most uh, fantastic uh, story, uh, I would say. Uh, <laughs> basically, when I was in college, I did a lot of stuff in college as well. I was the um, president of the students' Associ- association for for um, um, uh, engineering. Um, informatics Engineering, it's hard to translate, it's Yeah, not that normal. But I, I don't also want to say Computer Science because that's another uh, curriculum a, dif- a different branch, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I was involved in, in a lot of different stuff. And in the last year, um, we did a project um, in, in college with, with a large team, and we worked a lot with Ruby on Rails. And we were enjoying it a lot. Um, I also had the opportunity to do research in a company in Porto. And I went to Porto every single day to work in that company, um, to, to do some some money and also learn a little bit how, how it is to, to work in a company. And I didn't like it al- at all. It was, <laughs> it was really a bad experience. So combining the two things was like, we really want to do more Ruby on Rails there was no offer in Portugal at the time. Uh, this was 2011. You didn't have a lot of companies building with Ruby on Rails back back there. At all. And um, the bad experience that I had, we just thought, well, maybe we should continue this project that we were doing, see if we can do a startup, which was also a strange word back in the day. Um, and I remember getting into... Um, some things related with Lean Startup and stuff like that. So I also started a meetup about Lean Startup at at the time. And that was it. The company was started. We failed failed, uh, terribly doing any kind of business with that product. So we switched to services and we start building products for others. And that's the story of how Subvisual started. Um, And we started building products for uh, clients in the US, working a lot with startups, and we got a lot of experience doing it, like really early stage stuff. Um, And we found ourselves like after 10 years being built more than, uh, I don't know, probably more than 100 projects uh, by now, uh, which is a lot of accumulated experience. Jesus,
2: of course. And tell us one thing. So I, I'm really loving the transparency and saying, you know, that things were hard at the beginning. Like, sure, like, I think that, you know, everyone, you know, that are paying some attention to the industry, you know, like I think that your name is a sort of name that really comes up in conversations. Um, but just like you said, like, we're talking about 2011, 2012, the, the, the ecosystem, the landscape was so different, right? There was no sort of startups. We barely speak about, you know, open source, you know, so definitely... Uh, it was it was very different from what we are seeing today, and just like you said, you did a couple of attempts, and it didn't work well, right? And so you definitely you needed to shift to rethink everything. What ca- what kept you going? You know, like I'm 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 pretty sure you know that there was uh, those moments that you would go, uh, uh, you know, to bed at night thinking, I should just you know just get a job at the bank, yep. you know, and maybe make my family all <laughs> happy and say, oh thank God Roberto is not crazy anymore. Um, yeah, but you know. Here we are today, right, and definitely it paid off, but we are seeing you know pretty much you know the middle or the end of the movie, uh but you had to go through all this entire journey like how 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 did you do yeah. it what what kept you going and motivated
1: um it it's a mm. it's a hard one uh, I still don't know if my parents are convinced that I did the right choice <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I think they are almost convinced, but they still get scared, uh, and definitely they don't understand half of what I do. Um, so it's an art one. I think what I re- what really excites me it's and on a personal level is is solving problems and working with very interesting people, and I can get both of that in what we do at Subvisual. Um, first, I was very lucky that from the start. I started working with really smart people and uh, they, most of them or almost all of them are still in the company today. Um, I think the, the, the early, the early group, I, the first group, like seven I, are still in the company. Um, and that was really also a drive. So we were always learning, always improving ourselves. And if I would up like right now in this moment without nothing, like, Closing subvisual because it was unsuccessful. At least I had a a bag of experience and learnings that were a lot will allow me to do anything that I wanted um, within the tech space. Uh, so that definitely was a, a drive. The second thing was um, working with early stage startups um, from the early days, we really got to work in a lot of different domains. I could see myself Uh, One day solving a problem for the insurance space in fintech. And a few weeks after I was solving uh, something on the healthcare space related with cancer or whatever. And that shift of domains and all the learnings that you take from all of them were always exciting. And uh, even though most of those projects didn't went anywhere and they failed, um, we still got the learnings from it and, uh, and the experience of building them. So I think that kept us going until we start nailing where a few projects where we were really good and also um, that accumulated experience allowed us to, to be more smart about investments, about collaborating with other companies, co funding companies. And we start seeing like, okay, it's not the linear growth that we can have doing services like man hour type of stuff. We can also do something that can be exponential here. And we start pursuing that. And right now we have a bunch of companies connected with us. Some of them very successful, a few exits. Um, and yeah, at the end of the story, it's, it's, I think it's easier to understand than the journey. Um, but the journey in my perspective was all about learning and still is to be honest, still is about learning. I, I still feel that I uh, still have a lot to learn and, and to improve in myself, to, to do better in the future.
0: So it, it, it's natural. It's uh, we can see that Subvisual has a big presence in your day to day. Right. I think it's the the main business where you dedicate your time. I think we can say that, but you also mentioned that you were and you are co-founder of other companies. So yep. I'm curious about how does a week look like to you? So how much time did <laughs> you dedicate to each business or each company? So How do you organize yeah. yourself?
1: Chaotic, for sure. Um, <laughs> but, but that's also uh, how I do my business. Best work. It's I like to drive in driving in chaos. Uh, it's sometimes it's hard for people that work with me that like to have more like uh, um, a steady pace or things very organized. Um, but uh, w- what happens is that when we when we have these interesting companies or founders coming to us and we feel that we can uh, exponentiate them by having some of us more present in the company sometimes me or other people in the company take uh, a more full-time role or a co-founder role in those companies. That has happened in in Utrust um, and and in other other, uh, things that we did in the past and that we are doing right now. Um, And when when we are doing that, it's almost full-time dedication to those projects. We still, you end up taking like four, eight hours per week to do some visual stuff, to do learning, to do a lot of things, uh, or sometimes what you end up doing is like 40 hours at the project and four hours uh, doing doing that stuff. Uh, you, you, some there are moments where you, you need to stretch yourself a little bit, so you need to dedicate yourself. But myself, what I, what I try to do is um, I try to look at my priorities uh, at the moment. What I where I can add value and exponentiate stuff, and I dedicate myself to that. If that ends up to be like doing a month full dedicated to Subvisuals projects and and other stuff, that's it. If it's with a a venture inside Subvisual, we do that. If it's spending like three years like I did at Utrust, where I was co-founder and CPO, um let's do it and uh and uh it worked out very well for for utrust and for us and was for me personally was probably the most fulfilling experience until now um so i really enjoyed that and, and tell us
2: one thing so you are involved in, in tons of stuff right like i you know I'm, I'm amazed with the amount of businesses that that you are involved and some of them you know i think that they are super super well known you know from people in the industry you just mentioned utrust uh, and and also in very different levels of collaboration. You also you you help cover Flex. It is also an interesting company that we we are seeing here. Like so, so many, and, and so you know, like my question would be, how how do you choose these sort of opportunities? You know, do you have like a nice mix? You know, between you know the the founding team uh, and the idea. Uh, is it like something else that you really try to understand? You know, because I'm pretty sure you know that. If I would come to you and say, hey, Roberto, I need an advisor because I want to sell, you know, virtual termos in Portugal, yeah. probably you say, <laughs> you know what, Pedro, I'm so busy, you know, like I'm on the <laughs> 44-hours-a-week work. I'm so sorry, I can't do it. So there, there definitely needs to be something that definitely needs to be in place yep. in order for you to say, I'll take it. I'll put some of my time that actually it's the only thing that we can buy more of, right? So it's the time, the most precious thing that we own. And you decide to invest part of it in helping, co-founding, things like that. Tell us tell us a little bit more how that happens yeah. and, and the criteria. Um,
1: the process evolved a lot along the uh, along the years. So I would say that in the beginning, it was like, whatever comes, we'll do it. Uh, it was survival mode. Uh, mm-hmm. We just wanted to survive. And uh, I, I wish to say this a lot. Um, I think that's... Underrated sometimes, um, surviving as a company. Um, people should should value that and take it as something really good. Um, and if it's not working, you should kill it uh, fast and and move to the to the next next thing. So after that early stage, we we started trying to focus more on healthcare and fintech. Those are the, the two verticals that we were focused, and we were always looking for. Great projects within that um, within those two verticals. Uh, more recently, we evolved to Web3. So we've been since Utrust, we've been focused on building Web3 projects, blockchain stuff, and that's what we are focused on. And we have a tendency to work more on the DeFi fintech space of Web3. So there, there's that macro level where we try to prune things down uh, and have lot lock- a, 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 like a bucket that we need to to the projects is to fall into that. But then we still receive a lot of projects in within that within that space. What I look always is the founders for sure. It's like, mm-hmm. is this founding team the right one to build this project? Do they need us? I think we we are in a business where ideally people don't need us. Ideally, you have a strong founding team that doesn't need to work with someone like Subvisual. But that doesn't doesn't happen always. There is times where having the help of a company like Subvisual that has this accumulated experience can be an unfair advantage for these projects. So we also look for that. Is this the right project for us to have an impact? Um, And then the 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 problem that we are solving the idea the learning opportunity within that idea so if you come to us selling tremosos but it's like a special type of tremosos where we'll learn a lot probably we'll take it even though it's a stupid idea yeah yeah we have done that several times it's um on the business side we take a lot of bad decisions because of learning um we, we we put learning above financial return because we are here for the long term we we don't have the mindset of let's build something fast and grow it like crazy uh, to sell or to have like a, an exit strategy so we play a lot the long game and if there are learning opportunities for our team um, we might take a project that doesn't sound like the best in financial return in the for the year Um, it needs to make sense so uh, we 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 also want to do stuff that uh, has some sort of impact in the world and does something good and not just uh, if it's for fun fun it's also an option but like that um, let's let's play some balls here we don't know if this is uh, something useful or not we don't like to do that we like to be assertive about the the things that we we do
2: no, but uh, I think it's actually super clever what you're saying about <clears throat> the learning is also um, a return of investment, right? So yeah. it's not only about how much money I can make out of this, but also what can I learn so that I can improve? And it's almost like exactly. investing on, uh, on yourself. Yeah. So it's not just about the numbers, but also a lot about how how better can we, subvisual myself, you know, as a professional, also evolve, you know, taking taking this opportunity. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. definitely. And uh, sometimes it ha- it depends on, also, the personal interest of the members that's a visual and, and the companies that we have. Uh, is there something in this project that these people are looking to learn? And is this a good opportunity for them for their personal individual growth? Uh, and if that's the case, for example, doing a project in a new, new language that normally we don't work with. But there is someone in our team that really wants to learn more about it because he sees some potential for him or for the company, um, we might pursue that. That happened with us, uh, for example, with Rust. Um, I think uh, it was 2014 when we did the first RubyConf Portugal that we got in touch with Rust. Steve Klavnik gave a Rust talk. And it was really the, the first months of, I don't know, probably the first months or first year of the language. And Miguel, one of our developers, got really interested in it. And uh, for the next years, I was always trying to find projects in Rust for him to work on, even though it had any connection to anything that we were doing. Fast forward to uh, current times, Rust is one of the most uh, used programming languages to work with uh, in in certain um, blockchains, Solana, Polkadot, et cetera, et cetera. So... All of that investment back in the day suddenly paid off a lot. Uh, we have like an advantage to work in this, in this kind of projects. And um, yeah, if, if we were very picky with uh, no, let's do only the things that we can make a lot of financial return, probably we'll lose a lot of opportunities in the long term.
0: I was going to ask, but you already gave the answer, baby. But I, I need to ask, do you recall the projects where you and the whole team learned the most? You already gave that example, but <laughs> I, I don't know if there was. Um,
1: I have a few bad examples in the sense that we learned from the failures a lot. Mm. And um, I would say that a couple of good examples. So we had this project. It was like the first year of the company was called Coach CoachMe uh, in, in Phoenix, uh, in the United States. And it was like the b- first big project that we did. And we learned a lot about how to uh, not get in trouble with clients and getting paid. And for the financial, no. uh, for the business side of Subvisual, that was a massive learning opportunity. I think we improved a lot from that experience. Um, we still got a, a huge financial hit from that, but um, it paid a lot, a lot in the long term. Second one we did. Um, we we co-founded the startup called Oncostats, Stats um, 2014, I, I think, uh, with a couple of doctors uh, was basically trying to improve the way uh, the 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 healthcare records are done for cancer treatments was a very passionate project we were highly involved and we lost perspective of what uh, we were doing we just kept investing it developing stuff but we never got it to work in hospitals and in in the real world so we took a massive learning in that project on how to build startups on how to be assertive, on how to raise capital, find the right investors. We we had a bad experience with that part in that project, um, so we learned a lot from from that project. On the good side, Utrust Utrust was a massive learning opportunity to almost everyone in the company. For me personally, I learned a lot about creating companies, building teams. We grew super fast at Utrust from. Almost nothing to 50 people, in I think, in one year or one year and a half. um, How to align priorities, how to make better technical decisions, etc., etc. was a really massive learning opportunity that did well in the end. Uh, We had an exit from that. Everything, the the company still exists. They are actually um, growing fast everything is going very well over there. Um, so that that was very, very good. Um, and uh, just to, to wrap up, uh, I think another good opportunity, uh, I will not name the project because it's still going on, but we have this uh, blockchain project that was really hyped um, and uh, is going very well in the sense that is building Uh, is building something very interesting. Um, And we learned a lot about the need to have the right team in the right place Mm. and to be more assertive about um, bad apples in the sense that if you have people that are not uh, working with you, aligning the goals that uh, you are and, and the same values, you need to cut it fast. So that was more recent, but also a very good learning opportunity uh, that we take from that. And the project is still going very well. So um, I'm very positive and, and, and bullish on that project.
0: Yeah. So Listen, it's, it's, it's noticeable. <laughs> it's so noticeable that you enjoy creating ideas from scratch and creating project tackle projects from scratch. And since since the beginning, you only had like a work experience on behalf of someone else, right? Just working to someone else. And I wonder if now with all that knowledge and that, 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 that experience that you gathered, is something that crosses your mind once in a while to embrace uh, a project, like a project, no, but a, a company or working to someone else.
1: Um, I feel that I work for someone else every single day. <laughs> um, like... I feel that i work for my partners for my team for my clients it's i really see them as people that have ownership over me and that i uh, need to work for them um, so i don't feel that it's like much of a difference mm-hmm. if you ask me if i will ever take a full-time job doing one project working for someone else uh i think that's definitely no it's my mind cannot <laughs> Be at ease with that calm. <laughs> uh, yeah, you need cows.
0: Roberto,
2: CEO of Altis, next couple of years. Stay tuned for more.
0: <laughs> no. Uh,
2: <laughs> so uh, no, no, great answer, great answer. And now I have um, I have here a, a kind of a curveball to you, you know. But that definitely, you know, I, I think you can get out of of it, anyways. But um, you know, but super interesting for us to you know. So one. So if you would start a company today, the curveball is, would you do it as a single founder or you would go for a co-founder option? And if you could know why, because, you know, I I know there's this super interesting thing, you know, should you be single founder or co-founder, the impacts, how it looks like and so on. So definitely I would love your take there. And is there like a particular problem that you would love to solve, you know? So we've been talking about, you know, so interesting things regarding, for instance, medicine. Um, is there like a problem that you're still pursuing to contribute to, you know, to solve it, you know, so that you one day look to your grandkids or whatever and say, hey, you know what? So it was grandpa that actually helped out on this one. <laughs>
1: um, the first question about the founders, I'm I'm a huge fan, fan of, um, Having a co-founder. I think starting a new company is, at least for me, it's one of the most challenging things that you can do. Um, you have to go through a lot of stuff. Uh, and having someone to share the journey, I think it's it's just smart. Um, solo founders, I really respect them. I haven't seen a lot of them having success and sometimes you think that they are solo founders but there is someone always someone else uh by their side that probably doesn't get the recognition but is like the same thing as a co-founder um so going directly to our question i would always prefer to start it with someone else ideally uh one or two um or in this case two or three founders i think even Having three founders is is better than just having two. Um, adds complexity on, on 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 managing things, on taking decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything takes a little bit more time, but I think can be also you can also take better decisions and uh, and uh, moving move faster because you are more assertive about what you are doing. About the second question. Um, Because of our shift to Web3 um, in the last five years, which is something that I really love and I've been uh, involved in the space from a long time ago, this is a fun fact. Subvisual did our first project in blockchain in 2012. I don't know if you'll find a lot of companies around you that started building on blockchain in 2012. It was uh, one of those projects that... uh, an insight made, and made no sense, uh, but we still took the learning experience from that. And it's the advantage that, that got us into doing a lot of stuff in, in, in blockchain. Um, but going back to the answer, um, I really think that the healthcare space has a lot of problems to solve. Um, there are so many things that you can improve there that can have um it's really easy to have a huge impact on 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 the world and on people's lives and i think that in the future i don't think it will be soon i want to go back to that and do something there um even i was i was reading something about Tyrannus one of these days and uh it was a scam but that idea is amazing like one day one day i, I do believe that it will be possible to do what what they were trying to do. So um, there's so many things to do there. And uh, it's something that I'm very passionate about. I still engage in it. And I talk with the, uh, we still have some companies, in our portfolio that are in that space. And mm-hmm. I still am connected with the, uh, with um, some opinion makers in that space. And uh, I hope that one day I can back, go back to that. I don't have an idea right now, but one day uh, I hope that we, as a visual or myself, we go back to that and and do and do something there.
0: Good. Yeah. Now, I I I would like to know. So that's something that you already okay. You already shared that you would like to work on, like in the future. Uh, you also shared that you love to learn in the projects, and you choose the projects and the challenges based on that. I'm curious about what else do you do personally for your personal growth and that keep yourself relevant to this old tech world and even you being an investor. So what kind of things do you usually do in your daily basis to, to keep yourself relevant?
1: Yeah. Uh, the, there is some, I always enjoyed reading a lot. Um, one of the first investments of Savisa was buying books and we still have a huge uh, library at the office and people have books uh, and budget for books. And I really incentivize everyone that joins us or our companies to to read a lot, books or other stuff. Um, but I think what makes me grow more these days is connecting with people that are much smarter than me. And uh, I think I, I take a lot of knowledge from the founders that we start work with. Uh, ideally, they are much better than me in the domain space that they are working on. So I can learn a lot. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a, a shit to, to, to grow really fast. It's like you connect with these people that are focused on a certain domain. They know a lot about it. They are much smarter than you. And it just absorb all the information and, and all the problems that they are seeing in the world, all the solutions that they are thinking about. So I really feel that that's the, the easiest way to grow really fast. is connecting with people that know more about stuff than you. And I, that still happens also with my team. So uh, a lot of them are very different interests from mine or are focused on different stuff. And we have this culture of always being sharing information and, and um, incentivize each other to, to, to learn and share. And that's also an easy way to to get a lot a lot of information. Tell us one thing, Roberto. So,
2: if you know you could have a chance to give one advice, you know, to maybe uh, Roberto Machado that is pretty much is coming out of Minho, you know, from some research project. I don't know if he was, you know, uh, president of the the student association or not, you know. But it's twenty twenty two. So it's like pretty much you have 10 years ahead of that person that, you know, probably is going to follow your footsteps. What advice that you give to, you know, to the to the next Roberto Machado. <laughs> what would you yeah. tell him?
1: I think it's an advice that I still need now. Um, it's uh, shut things down more quickly than normally you do. Uh, I think... Sometimes you get really passionate about what you are doing, and um, it's, not, uh, it's not good for, for you and the company that you spend too much on, on something that is not going anywhere. And sometimes you know it, but you still want to make it work. And for example, I talked about Oncostat a few minutes ago. That was a clear example. So we probably stayed one year more than we should in that project. Um, so, and, and other stuff that we did uh, before, and, and sometimes we still do. Um, so, l- I mentioned that we we not always look just for the financial return, but we should be, a little, and myself, I should be more assertive about what type of return are we getting and what is the chances of this working out and be more assertive at shutting things down faster. That's something that I, I'm trying to improve myself to, to be better at. And definitely something that in the past will would beneficial would be very beneficial for me. Such a good
2: advice. So be more uh, assertive, less emotional, maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe you know, I don't know if you are like an optimist uh, by nature, but probably also that plays a little bit against you, right? So kind of really, and maybe yeah. that's actually what helped you also to bring the visual where it is today, right? It's all this kind of believing in something and pursuing it. But maybe what That's you're saying is that you, need, you need to find that sweet spot or that balance, you know, between believing in something and...
1: and... Yeah, I I, th- th- I think you are totally correct. So a lot of times we take things further than we should and it ends up paying off and the, the resilience to continue connected and, and be, in doing something pays off. Other times I think it's more notorious that you should be more... Uh, assertive at shutting things down and m- making certain decisions that are uncomfortable, uh, but like you said, I'm definitely an optimist, uh, and and it plays a role. Uh, <laughs> it is what it is.
2: <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh. Yeah.
0: Well, this 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 is being a great conversation, and I didn't want to shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> but we are reaching the end and <laughs> i i i i am certain that everyone also learned a lot our listeners as well and i i guess that they also can continue this conversation so that's why i don't want to shut it down <laughs> but we have three final questions uh more more relaxing ones more fun ones I I, can, I think I can start with the first one. Yeah, Pedro. <laughs> sure, go ahead. So, Roberto, what do you believe is your superpower?
1: I think it's empathy. Uh, I I can connect with people uh, very well, and um, and also with that, I think helping them grow. Uh, it's something that I've been doing for 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 years, and uh, that I also enjoy a lot. and I think it's more, my if I could write my main accomplishments, it would be a lot of people's names and the fact that they are successful today.
2: Do you, do you see empathy as a, a key uh, trait of, um, of a founder?
1: Uh, depends on, I don't think all the founders need need to have that. But if in the, in the group of founders, you don't have anyone with that skill, ah. with that, <laughs> I think it's a problem. At least you need to have one that Please can one. do that very well. <laughs> <laughs> but exactly. overall, exactly. It, it should be something that is there and it's relevant because you need to have empathy for your team, for your clients, for everything. I think it's really important that basically when we are starting a company, it's, it's to solve someone's problem or to help people some way. So you need to have that empathy. Indeed, <laughs>
2: indeed. Good second question, so if you could choose something you know like your job for one day, you know like or for a couple of hours, depending you know on on what it could be, you know, and then you would go back to normal what what would that be? <laughs>
1: um, I don't think I have a lot, but I always made a little bit of fun out of this. Um, I think I wanted to be a butcher. <laughs> Oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> that was unexpected, and, yeah. And uh, open a butcher house. Um, and these days it's not a, it's not a, uh, like a, um, an easy answer because you have a lot of uh, you know, vegetarianism and yeah, and a lot of stuff that people will not be pleased with this answer. So I think it's more fun than, than real, uh, but I I think I'm gonna get away with uh, with that. With love, it. <laughs> love it, love it. No? Well,
0: that is going to be a good transition for the next one since we are talking about <laughs> food. <laughs> so I will take the chance and ask you what's going. What's your favorite dessert? And you can even one from Portugal and any other other country. Okay,
1: okay. go wild yeah, I think from my previous answer, you can understand that I really <laughs> like to eat a lot. Um, yep. And, and I'm, it's one of the main things that I like to do in life. Uh, but on this answer, be, I'm going to be very simplistic. My favorite dessert is late creme. Uh, if you are from mm-hmm. Portugal, you probably know it. It's a great if choice. there is leite creme in the menu, I will pick, it, pick pick it, pick that one or choose that one. And there was a time where I had a, re- a ranking of late creme's across Portugal. Um, oh, wow. Is it a I public could, list? No, uh, no. It was like <laughs> a, a personal, just for friends list. Um, if you ask me, I will I will tell you. But I can tell you that the best late creme that I had in my life until now, you cannot have it anymore because the the the, the lady that made it already passed away, and I almost cried with that information. So. It's a bit of a, a downer to finish the, the episode. Absolutely, to, no. So let, let, let me
2: let me recover that. And so <laughs> going to the late creme, do you are you the ones that value you know that the sugar being kind of you know um, burnt on top, and you need kind of the spoon and, and yes, crack definitely. the sugar.
1: Yeah, right. Because it's it's be a thin. thing, right?
2: Like that needs yeah, to, like that
1: <laughs> Yeah, you need to do that, and needs to be thin, um, and ideally. Uh, the, 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 the custard uh, which is uh, below should be a little bit cold and it warms up with uh, with the sugar and you get those two temperatures in your mouth and everything comes together uh, I can talk about late cream like for an hour I don't know <laughs> we should if have if started too. with that <laughs> Like so you are CEO co-founder of some
2: visual but Tell me about late. <laughs> <laughs> <of> <laughs>
1: Oh god no. you can learn a lot about Let Creme and, and making desserts uh, in general and uh, product management. It's actually I, I used to, to do these product road mapping workshops, and like the first part of the workshop was based on explaining how people do recipes or and do desserts, and how you can learn from that to to do product management. So
2: product management to late creme just to reinforce
1: Amazing our letter, analogy. Like, food. <laughs> well
0: this was a great way to finish the conversation
1: thank you for saying <laughs> it <Peter. laughs>
0: thank you so much Roberto I really love it it's always a pleasure Fantastic. to have like someone passionate for what you do you you know um so thank you so much for for joining us thank you and, thank you for and the invitation.
1: You are... it, was, it was a real and thank pleasure you are, yeah, yeah. thank I'm you sure.
0: And Ooh. thank you, our listeners that are here with us. And I hope you enjoy this uh, episode and I see you next time.
1: Thank you. See you, folks. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. Bye.